This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show with me, Mr. Stanford Chidge, and uh, ably um, abetted, aided and abetted even, by uh, the mercurial Mr. Jonathan Kidd. No, no, I'm not mercurial. No, you're right, I am, you actually. You are. Very not good. Pan- no, hey. you're not. Oh, yes, I am. I am. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> it's not panto season yet, mate. Hello. How are you? Behind Joe. You I'm you're very right? good. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, another good fan bite, of course. This week, uh, well done, you. Um, who've yeah. got on tonight, matey? Oh, god, do I have to do that? Yeah, yeah it's okay. your job. Um, oh, okay. Um, I'm eating. Um, finishing off. Um, we have the the brain of Stamford Bridge. I don't know, what else can I say about him? <clears throat> Knowledge, um, because has been to Salzburg, ability, um, uh, the, the memory of of of. I don't know. You imagine he's got this enormous brain pulsating in front of you, all the things that he has in his mind about Chelsea and other things and nothing to do with Chelsea because he is remarkable. It is, of course, the uh, um, uh, the lovely as well, an aspect of him that I don't think people are aware of. He's very very lovely, under, undervalued, I think. Very undervalued. It needs to be more and more valued. Um, um, he is, of course, the great. I don't use that word um, uh, in a bad way because uh, it would be foolish to do so. The, the excellent Mr. Mark Meehan. Thank you very much, um, JK. Uh, lovely introduction. Good evening, everybody. Um, thanks for listening to the show. I'm detoxed. I've had 48 hours without a drink <laughs> after after ex- expedition to Salzburg, which was an absolutely fantastic city. And I think anybody that went there will come back with lots of wonderful memories, not just on the pitch, but also off the pitch as well. And I think if anyone listening in has never been, yeah, I'd encourage you to do it as a city break, long weekend. It's a really great place to go. Good people, very friendly. I think any any away ground in Europe that lets you out at the end of the game and doesn't hold you back for an hour can't be a bad place. Mm. You were behind a gate, though. That was a bit peculiar. 
it was there was netting, but what what yeah. what the locals said with the netting because that was the, that, the only thing that happens a lot in European games. And what the locals said in Austria, it's quite commonplace for people to bring flares into the ground, and they throw the flares onto the pitch. So that's why they had the netting up in the away section rather than any other part part of the ground. And to be fair, when we were arriving at the ground the other night, um, they laid on curtsy buses and people were getting off the buses and there were some idiots throwing flares about. And I just, I don't get the whole flare thing. I really don't. Um, so I, <laughs> I can see why then the Austrians do things like that if people are having flares and bringing them to football grounds. But other than that, you know, very good hosts. Uh, lovely thing they did at the end of the game because you're so used to being kept behind. The stadium announcer just says, you know, attention Chelsea supporters. There'll be courtesy buses to bring you back into town after the game. You will not be kept back. Thank you for coming and have a safe journey home. <laughs> Bloody hell. Rare. Very rare. Like a when new... normally like Italians and French police are like, you know, and Spanish well, police yeah. are armed there with sort of like truncheons giving you a whack for even daring to say anything. How refreshing. Yeah, Any idea, Mark, why that why they were like that? Because that is highly unusual. I don't know. Um, I think the last time I experienced probably two occasions spring to mind. Um, I think most people remember Stockholm in 98, how friendly the Swedish police All the beautiful were. Swedish female police. Very clever yeah. tactic. Even, even the beautiful male friends. You know, really they were all very friendly towards it. And actually, when I went to yes, Zelina... We're not, we're not gender biased on this show. Absolutely not. Uh, and then when I went to Zelina in 2010, that was equally a friendly place. And uh, maybe on that night, we understood it because we only had a 500 away allocation in Zelina. Um, but it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a nice surprise and it was like the perfect end to a perfect day because we spent we did the tourist bit at the start of the day. We went to a thing called the Fortress, which is like a castle, you know, at the hill of, you know, hill of Salzburg. Um, and it was just a beautiful 360 degree panoramic view of Salzburg and beyond. You could probably see the hills. We don't know if they were alive with the sound <laughs> of music, but we could, we could certainly, we could certainly <laughs> see them. And I do understand a lot of Chelsea fans did do the well, sound of music tour. I'm yeah. not surprised. And I have to say, it, it, as people will know who follow me on Twitter, it's probably my, my most favourite corrupted meme. The uh, the hills are alive with the sound of the fucks that I do not give. Um, but <laughs> uh, we have uh, some, there's a certain guest on the show who's probably thinking that's probably true of me because we haven't introduced him yet, have we, JK? No, we were allowing Mark. Uh, we were, a we were, we were. And it makes it all the better it for does. this. No, I agree. Held back because he is—he's uh, this good. He is, yes, he is that good indeed. And the poor chap is a bit poorly, and he was poorly when he was in Salzburg. So let's be understanding if he's a bit crap. No, no, he won't. <laughs> <laughs> he's never crap ever, ever, ever. He's normally normally it might be a rare off day. No, it won't be. It won't be. Because it is the the excellent uh, football London uh, Adam Newson who is uh, a regular feature on the program, and we love having him on so much because he's much brighter and uh, knows much more than we do. Certainly more informed. Yes. <laughs> it wouldn't be hard though, to be fair. Hello, Adam. How you doing, mate? I'm all right, guys. Thank you for having me on. No oh, pleasure as always. Pleasure as always. Right now, uh, uh, in fact, actually, this will come back into the show later, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say nothing about it now. But uh, it's quite funny seeing JK's fan bite um and his reaction was the same as mine uh when I when I saw the lineup and I just thought 
he's lost the plotter. He really what, has. What fuck, yes. He's got bloody, <laughs> you know, not only has he got Sterling playing at wing back, which I never wanted to see again. Not yeah. only has he got that, he's also got Cucurella as the left back. And and he's got bloody Pulisic as the wing back. It was a complete and Havertz was playing. It was a completely mad lineup. But bugger me, J.K., it worked. God damn it, it worked. What do we know? What do we hey, know about football? Nothing. I, I come back eating huge humble pie. I come back thinking, I know nothing. There is clearly something about the man. And then he explained it afterwards. I thought, oh, yeah, it makes great sense, isn't it? There were gaps and they were very narrow in the middle. So therefore you have the two the two uh, forwards as wing backs and they can come back, but it isn't essential because the others you know, possibly cover for them. But what you didn't expect was that there would be several players who played completely out of their skin. One of them, of course, being the silky German, who was just uh, fabulous. And the goal was absolutely wonderful. You just go, can he not possibly do that for... Uh, in the Premier League games, but he can't possibly because he's probably because he's closed down. And I think, therefore, I was a bit unfair about the, the team being crap. I've used that word twice now. The team being... We got a bit, we got a bit of stick, or, actually, this uh, week for being yeah, miserable we, and grumpy. I had to point out, look, you know, yes, we were, but we hate we hate Man United and we hate... Yeah, so that we're yeah. all... I mean, even Marco, who's the most positive person in the world, was as grumpy as you and me, you yeah, know. Yeah. But I think they can both teams, as we've discovered, cancelled each other out. There is all this theory, of course, that Saltburg, Salzburg actually aren't very good. Oh, I, don't, again, I don't buy that. You know, I think they're no, not I that don't bad. Buy that either, but you could say that the Premier League is just so advanced that, um, um, uh, and everybody's much fitter. But at the same time, Havertz played out of his skin, and you keep thinking, is this, you know, Mark's big thing about Marcel Desai only turning it on in specific big games? You wonder whether it's that. Kovacic was brilliant, yeah. other than a the, the goal, of course, was a complete fluke. Yeah. Let's be thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> he shanked it, mate. You know he that. Did. I know that. He did. We knew it. Now, I know Mark, knew Mark's got his hand up, but uh, might, yeah, I want to I wanna, I wanna, yeah. go on, Mark, very quickly, and then, then let's hear from Adam, yeah? Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, uh, I sent the video of Kovacic doing his practice shoot before the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. JK was absolutely right. He knew it. He was a bar. <laughs> So I have to admit, I did laugh uh, after when he did score that goal in the top, in the top corner. But I've got a thought, and I, I, it's quite, I'd, I'd really welcome Adam's view on this, because I actually listened to your show uh, on the train back um, from Salzburg to Vienna. And it was a bit of a strange one to listen to it, because maybe because it was Man United, it, it did feel a bit of a downer. But there was one thing that you said, Chidge, and I thought, Do you know what? Chidge was right. You know, you talk about the diamond formation. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I thought, I didn't think we played wing-backs the other night. I actually thought the way Potter set it up was in a proper diamond formation. And I wasn't so sure. It was four diamond what, two, was it? Yeah, well, no, no, it was three. That, this is the thing. I thought he was playing a three, a diamond, and two wingers. I don't think he's playing wing-backs. Why, why I say <laughs> that, you know, why I say that, um, and then obviously Havertz was at the top of the diamond and the Bamiyang up front, is um, it's like... I forgot, forgot the name, Salzburg. Um, Salzburg, because you said it on the show, they set up in a diamond formation as well, but they do a four diamond two and they use their fullbacks to obviously support the four players in midfield as well and bomb people forward. And I wonder if Potter, um, for once, actually got it right, or maybe because Salzburg aren't Manchester United, he pushed Pulisic and, and um, Sterling. 
Sterling. Sterling, so far forward. They weren't wing-backs at all. At, 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 at points there, um, they were so far forward. They weren't doing any defending, and they were pushing the defenders back. And then you also had players like Kovacic and Gallagher pushing forward as well. At times, we had like four or five people coming forward at them. They didn't. We didn't need wing-backs. You know, they didn't get actually behind us at any time. But yes. in the second half, they actually did. They were better in the second half. But in that first half, I thought Potter got it spot on. Mm. The only thing that stopped us not having the game done and dusted was our finishing. Mm. Well, as I'm always. Thinking. Adam, let's, let's, let's see what you have to say about that, because that was a nuance that... I mean, it's actually... Do you know what, JK? We're really lucky, because we've actually got two people who are at the bloody game. And I, already we've got a different perspective. But Adam, what say you? No, I agree with Mark. It, uh, Chelsea's shape was basically three 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 one. Um, and when Chelsea were out uh, sort of building possession, what Kovacic uh, and Gallagher were doing, we were essentially splitting wide and protecting those wing-back areas. And then if the op- if the space opened up, then they moved into it. So, yeah, it was a very interesting team. It was a system that, you know, is it is going to be what Potter does. You know, you, you can't really predict it. You can't second-guess it. It's going to be designed for individual opponents. Um, there will be principles that go within that. But... Uh, but some of the football Chelsea played in that first half was probably Wonderful. the best football they've played for, I don't know, a year maybe? Yeah. Um, yeah. I really thought that left side, uh, I thought Havertz kept drifting up to that left side and, and sort of overloading Salzburg. Um, and as, as Mark says, the only thing that was missing was the finishing. Um, Aubameyang should have had a hat-trick. Oh. I should have had one first half. Um, but it's interesting that we've gone from... Shit. Probably. <laughs> well, I was, was going to say the two cool, the two cool era of everyone maybe questioning these attacking players, maybe going, mm, are they good enough? Uh, can they open up defenses X, Y, and Z? And it just shows you that maybe there was an element of it being a structural problem with Tuchel. He was very, very risk adverse. Uh, he wanted to make sure that Chelsea never got countered, which as you know understandable and, and we all know you know he, he never really wanted to play Jorginho in a in a six by himself because people can get past him uh at a fairly brisk walk um but <laughs> slow slow walk really Adam. Uh, but there in fact yes when you do open you know there have been a couple of times under Potter I think Wolves where you know you did see the weakness when teams counter I think there was a couple of times against Wolves where they just ran through our midfield. Um, but you see all the benefits in the attacking sense and, and credit to Potter because I think it's kind of going on, two things going under the radar really with Potter. And I think the first one is obviously there's no one really talking about the injuries beyond Chelsea supporters. It doesn't seem to be a big thing outside of us for some reason when you consider it's James and Kante who are arguably the two irreplaceables and then you add Fafana Koulibaly. And the other thing is he, he isn't having loads of time he hasn't had loads of time on the training pitch. He's not really done too much tactical work or, or, or too much time to do tactical work because of the matches. So he is recovery, maybe a day to prepare match. And that's all he's getting. And still the performances are are improving. So I think it's all very positive. And I, know, I know JK wants to come in. And if, if he doesn't mind, I just had a thought that might might work quite well with this because the interesting thing is that the Salzburg game, what we have just seen, I mean, I know, I know, we played Milan twice. Maybe there's a there's a the same argument can be had there. But it's interesting, isn't it, to see how quickly Potter learns. He played Salzburg in his first game, and he's played them again, and he completely had the measure of them tactically. 
and we saw a really good performance as a result. So, I mean, I, I'm filled with encouragement by that. Yeah, I think it's it's very fair. And he is, as we've said, you know, we, we've listened to the press conferences. I don't think he's ever going to give too much away, but he's going to let his football do the talking or, or let his football team do the talking. And at the moment, it's really difficult to argue. Um, yes, the Manchester United role was very frustrating, but... Manchester United seem to be able to get results against us, despite the fact they've been awful for about five years. Um, but you you can see everything is going in a positive direction. I think there are maybe a couple of, maybe a couple of it. You know, Raheem Sterling's form now maybe is a, a talking point. Um, but beyond that, I mean, he's got a lot of players playing very well. Um, and I'm just going to sort of give him a specific note. I think Trevor Chalobah is is probably the most informed English centre back out there at the moment. Mm. He should get selected for the World Cup, whether he does or not. Is is, you know, who knows? He'll he'll, he'll stick with um, Maguire and Dyer. I mean, for goodness' sake, what is the matter with the man? Anyway, um, I digress. What I wanted to say was, um, it, I think it's in, intriguing. Come on, that, Wales! I think is what we say, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, is they attack? They're they're attacking and playing so well that unfortunately. Um, it isn't as safe as it was under Tuchel. And I think you're absolutely right because he really wanted this constant. And I think they're still suffering from it, which is rather than have a shot, you look up the, the default is to pass it rather than having a shot. Because we were looking at some, I was looking at some old videos of the fact that, that the, the, the old Chelsea players, the past, this desire to have a shot at goal, which ingrained, particularly in early eras, you know, um, Dixon and Hasselbank. You had, a, you had, a, had a go, regardless. The number of times they were really close or they scored. But the consequence of all of this is that it gets very scary because we didn't have much scariness under Tuchel. You know, he didn't th sit back and think, fuck, the opposition going to score. You thought, hmm, we're doing OK. We're not allowing them. The odd game here and there, Brentford last year. Um, we're, we're, no, we're sitting too far back. Whereas I felt this the ploy that he suddenly decided to do, which was just to boot the ball up the up in the air all the time, which Salzburg did for the last ten minutes. Uh, I was thinking, how are they going to endure this? It's not the kind of thing that we experience under Tuchel at all. Very rare. We would just deal with it in some way. But I think it's absolutely right because he's taking more risks in that situation. So therefore, the negative side is that he's making themselves because he's the more vulnerable. Because I think playing Cucurella is an example of that. I think Cucurella obviously offers a fluidity to the, the back three that he's not, he, he doesn't have normally if somebody else is there. So despite him being every time he was there, as I said in my fan part, I got the willies, gives me the willies every time the ball is booted towards him. He is actually a decent player. It just is, it's whether the level of players is, as we talked about, whether you want it to be um, improved. And I still think, well, I know I'm in my negative um, chat on, on Monday, I was saying, well, they're just going to buy lots of players in the transfer window. I still think they will buy a couple of improvements. But we, what we, what we spoke about in particular, I think he'll he'll have to get a wing back on the right because they can't have a situation where um, Reese gets injured again and there's nobody there. So it gives him an option at least. I'm not sure who it would be where they'll raid, but and I think there'll be a winger somewhere. But I'm not feeling as down about what we can contribute because I understand more now. It's interesting, isn't it? We're going from game to game because he's, he's a new manager with new ideas and changing our views because you just think, actually, no, he's pretty good. Actually, no, he's shit. Actually, he's pretty good, which I, you know, I quite like really. It's, you know, it's, 
it allows for huge changes in emotion. You know, that's hence your. I was very uh, prescient with my mercurial tag tonight. Oh, lovely, lovely, perfect. Mark, perfect. You, you've had your pencil in the air for a while, not for no, not for no reason particularly, or are you wanting to ask a question? No, I was like my mum brought me up well, so I always put my hand up. That's very true. Light, so. Very true. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to say about Trevor. I, I thought he had a fine game, him and Silver, and actually, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Cucurella as well. I don't think he did much wrong the other night. You know, there was a few panic moments across the whole of our defence and even Kepper a couple of times, but, you know, he saved as many times. But I thought that was Cucurella's best game since the start of the season. Mm. I thought, you know, he, he got stuck in when it was needed. He, he came forward when it was needed. And again, said this many times in the show, whilst Jorginho and Kovacic isn't always the combination I'd want to see at Stamford Bridge, away from home in a Champions League game, that's usually why they get picked because I thought I thought Jorginho had a very good game the other night. And he, Him he, and Kovacic, ran, Kovacic just ran out of legs in the end because in that first half, those little passes, the little triangles they were doing in midfield, yeah, you know, with the likes of Gallo and Havertz, was just a joy to watch. No, it, it was. I, I mean, I, I, I mean. I, I thought, well, as Adam Adam rightly pointed out, I thought we played some absolutely excellent football. Some of the one-touch passing and the way they moved from end to end in the space of about four passes was just brilliant to see. I have to say, a joy to watch. Of course, the finishing, as JK rightly pointed out, was still cack. But the build-up play was... If this is what Potter's trying to do, then I'm all for it. But the other thing, Adam, you know, because you know what an old curmudgeon I am... Um, you know, you've got to do it at the other end as well. And I thought it was a really, what I would call a professional... Because this is the thing I've been worried about, about Potter, because he has no experience at this level, no Champions League experience. And I've seen better managers than him come a cropper in the Champions League for lack of experience. And yet it looked like old Chelsea. It, you know, we, we got ahead. Uh, we, we, you know, they equalised. The, the, you know, the, 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 the arse didn't fall out. They got ahead again. And then they basically managed the game out. And, and I've seen Chelsea do that brilliantly for the last 20-odd years. And... You know, it was really, really good to see them do a professional away European performance and get the job done. I love that. Yeah, I think it's probably a very good description. Um, obviously, going into the game, you know, with no Fafana, uh, no Koulibaly, uh, no James, you are very much left with four, five defenders and they are very much trying to manage Chilwell because they don't want to push him too hard and overload him. Uh, and as P probably can't do 90 minutes twice in a week at this point. So when you take that into consideration, the back three he went with in, in midweek was the only defenders he had. Um, and the fact that they defended really well, you know, they did stand up late on. Yes, maybe uh, Thiago bailed out Kepa once, um, but they were very professional. And, and as you say, I just think there were, there were a lot of players who really produced um I thought Kovacic was very good, as as Mark said. You know, he, he ended up going off with a, a slight issue, and uh, but it doesn't seem to be anything major, um, especially as he's nursing a hamstring. Uh, sorry, the injury that he's been nursing since pre-season. Um, so he is playing through something, um, and it's just it is as you say. It, it's just nice to go into games again, feeling that Chelsea are going to not a bore you to tears, which you know. For Tuchel's brilliance and, and uh, you know, I'll lord Tuchel in terms of a tactical mind for the rest of time. But there were some games when it was hard, hard watching Chelsea. Um, but you don't feel that under Potter. You feel confident. You feel that players are going to produce. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it just seems to be, there seems to be an element of, of enjoyment to it again, which had perhaps dissipated a bit during the uh, the opening weeks of the season. Um, I just Are we all saying that Kovacic 
sort of shanked it then. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was a Mate, brilliant he stuck his leg out. <laughs> he stuck his leg out. <laughs> I thought, I genuinely yeah. thought, I thought, <laughs> I genuinely thought that is the sort of finish Lampard would do. Like, yeah, just really he was it. on a stretch. He was really. It was, I thought it's going to hit the corner flag. Oh shit! It's gone into the corner. <laughs> but I mean, well, you know, jo- jo- joking apart, joking apart. I mean, I, I I do think he shanked it, but kind of. I mean, he stuck he, he stuck his leg out, right? But here's the thing: he didn't have any time to think about it. He only yes. acted on instinct. And this is an argument that J.K. and I've been having for a long, long time. That actually, there are several players in this side that if you give them time to think about it, they overthink and they fuck it up. And I think Kovacic is a prime example. He had no time. It was instinct. And therefore, it was brilliant. Yeah, That's why I thought it was a Lampard goal. Because <laughs> it's a sort of Lampard finish where it looks a little bit awkward. Maybe you can question did he hit it cleanly. But it somehow goes into the, the corner. And There were some of those with Lampard, I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's that's why I looked at it and thought, oh, yeah, I, I could imagine Frank scoring something yeah. like that. Think about Frank, though. He did it 212 times. Yes, you know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's what I always used to say to these wankers, usually from West Ham. So, yeah, you know, all these goals with deflections, mate. Yeah, 212 of them. Rather good, though. Um, you know, what, what we were saying before was that the, when I went to Villa, we we, we saw the warm-up and um, and all Kovacic's ship yeah. was hit the ball over the bar consistently. Yeah, and then no, Mark no. sent a video out and he was doing the same yeah. again. So it was, it was a game. I just want to say briefly, thought Gallagher was great. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, really great. And you just think he's got so much to contribute to the team and it, he's fabulous. He's a fabulous. And if they can, if somehow find a position for him, because he's the man who scored the goals for them for midfield, because he really is, he's a dynamo. And I love it. I love the fact that he's come through the youth and is, uh, and, and is using the, the um the 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 promise that he showed at Palace in the first team absolutely brilliant. Secondly, the the foul that they their innocuous looking innocent looking centre forward did on Silver was a red, yeah. absolutely a red card. It would he have just, been in rugby. He spear tackled him. Uh, yeah, it, but he lent. It's what Kane does all the yeah, time yeah, as well, yeah. all the time. And it's the referee was absolutely ignorant. And we were so lucky that Silver is such a fit bloke. That, that he didn't injure himself because that was absolutely... He could have broken awful. his neck. Indeed. And, but I thought he was gonna, that was going to be him for the season, actually, after that. Really? Now he did it. Well, God, like, it was, it was, it was violent. He left, he left, yeah. And he just ducked under and just yeah. flicked into him. And you saw it was obviously, it was a serious foul play because really is putting the player under. Referee doesn't do anything about it. He doesn't even get a yellow card. Yeah, Appalling. Crazy. Mark? Yeah, I was going to echo the point about Gallagher. That's why I was saying earlier, well, I don't think we were playing wing-backs. Uh, at times, the combination of him and Pulisic worked so well that most of the time Pulisic was further up the pitch than Gallagher. Uh, but he was clever enough to, to cover for Pulisic as well, but also get for, forward. And the other thing I was going to say, because sometimes when you're in the ground, you, know, you see it differently on TV. Um, so I actually thought, you know, Kovacic had hit a worldie in there and like that reaction. But I haven't seen it fade back, but when Silva does that form, that looked really bad inside the stadium. He was down for a while. And then Kepper comes out and gets booked. So, you know, I haven't seen it. So I presume Kepper got booked for, what, having a go at the sort of player? Because we couldn't work out, hang on a minute, why is he booking Kepper? He should be booking the bloke that did that Harry Kane stump. You know, he pushed him. To, to, he, yeah. he pushed the centre forward after. Oh, he, put, he did push he him. Yeah, we thought, yeah. 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 So other than that, the you referee did. didn't do much wrong. I thought I thought it was, you know, a well refereed game as well, but he should have shown a red card yeah. on that occasion. Absolutely yeah. in agreement. Anyway, so we've qualified we've qualified, guaranteed to qualify now, and we should finish top of the group unless uh, 
AC Milan thumped Salzburg by about five goals uh, or, or so. So that's all very good work. Just no, it's, Adam? A, it's head to head. It's head to head. Is it? So, oh God, yeah, of course it is. So, so we're yeah. So yeah, even if we lose and they win, we'll go through because we've beaten them twice. Yeah. So we are. We're, we're guaranteed first place. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely jubbly. Um, I tell you who are not guaranteed first place. This I saw this uh, meme. And, uh, you know, it really tickled me, as they say, or laughed me cock off, if you prefer. Um, but uh, there are five clubs uh, who were all very keen on uh, having the European Super League, who are, in fact, going to be playing in the Europa League. And they are, all, or already are, Arsenal, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Man United and Juventus. That is funny. That is really fucking funny. Ha, bloody ha. Anyway, moving swiftly on, Adam, because we've got some interesting news this week. Um... Lawrence Stewart has uh, been appointed as the technical director. So uh, Bowley et al. Are, are, you know, clearly being very, very busy. Now, my understanding is uh, that he was the technical director at Monaco, but he's been around a lot, hasn't he? I mean, he was the global head of scouting at Red Bull Soccer International. So there's the whole Leipzig and Salzburg connection. He's also spent time at Man City, Everton and the FA. Um, I mean, I know that there are other appointments too. Uh, Christopher Vivel still on the radar, isn't he? And Joe Shields uh, to come in as director of recruitment for Southampton. I think that's probably quite good. They've got quite a good track record in buying players. Paul Winstanley from Brighton, which has no connection with Potter, from what I understand. But you know, I'm doing your job. Tell me, tell me why this is important and good. Well, these are very much the building blocks of uh, sort of Chelsea's future in terms of recruitment. Uh, some of these guys uh, are going to probably feed into the multi-club model that, that Bowley and Co. want to build. So Lawrence Stewart obviously has uh, expertise in Europe, um, having worked, as you said, for Red Bull and, and, and at Monaco. So it kind of makes sense to bring someone like that in. Obviously, they're going to bring in Vivelle as well, who I think is probably going to be one of the guys who knits all of this together. But uh, someone uh, like Stewart is, is essentially going to come in and in time, I imagine, oversee what will be maybe two or three clubs, um, including Chelsea, in terms of the recruitment and development plans and pitching to signings, their pathways. Um, and it is, it's a sign that, you know, Bowley and Clearlake, for all of, of the depiction of them in the summer and, and you know, even now some people want to make out, you know, that these are guys who just want to, go out and spend loads of money and sign all the players and sign Cristiano Ronaldo. And, you know, look, we know that there was interest there from Chelsea's part, but they are serious businessmen who have made an awful lot of money in their lives and they are not idiots. And they are slowly going to put together a team that they believe will benefit Chelsea in terms of recruitment and, and, you know, these other clubs that they end up buying as well um, for years to come. And, and the hope is obviously you, that these are these are key appointments and they're going to be in their positions a long time. Their CVs, people like Joe Shields, as, as, as you mentioned, you know, they've got good CVs, these guys. They're not some sort of nobodies who've been brought in. These are sort of proven people in terms of the recruitment. So, yeah, it's very interesting. It's, it's still going to probably be a few weeks or, or months until it is all very clear, the hierarchy, the structure of it all. And, and you know, let's not pretend that they are these other clubs that they do want to buy at some point when that will feed into it. But uh, but going into next summer, you know, the key players are, are, are going to be in place in terms of who are, are sort of building out Chelsea's future. And at the moment, it seems Bowley's probably going to stay on the sporting director for January. But 
he's not going to be the only recruitment man in the room. And it probably will mean, um, and also, sorry, I probably should have said Carl McCall is also who came with Graham Potter. Um, but it will probably mean that, uh, that Graham Potter isn't fielding loads of phone calls uh, in the same way Thomas Tuchel was perhaps doing in the summer, much to his uh, chagrin. Mm. It sounds like a joined up thinking kind of plan, really. Uh, and I mean, you know, what occurred to me is that I mean, effectively, you've got one, two, three, or five guys here, all who are all going to plus Macaulay, so that's six, who are all going to be broadly involved with this. You know, okay, yeah, maybe across several clubs, but ostensibly, it's it's part of the integrated team that we've got in terms of player recruitment, uh, and that is that is leaps and bounds away from what we've had before. I mean, you know, back in the day, you know, it was uh, Michael Emanalo or. Or the other Scott Scott McLachlan was it Scott McLachlan? Yeah, you know, one or two people involved. The, okay, maybe there were more than that, but that's what we knew about. It seems a, a lot more haphazard in the past, and I can't. And therefore, I'm so not well. Of course, you know, we all knew who the main recruitment uh, director was. It was Roman for fuck's sake. So you know, it it seemed very haphazard, which you know. There's no surprise out there, for that we ended up as, as a, of a, you know, with a camel of a team, if you like. So I like this. I'm I'm quite impressed with this. This this seems well thought through and integrated. And as you said, all these guys have got good track records. Not massively high profile, you know, not Real Madrid, Barcelona, but it doesn't matter because we've seen the evidence of the kind of people that they recruit, which is really good players. But in, in terms of value, really good players. You know, they're not like having to buy Galacticos. That's the idea, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. And, and it's going to be um, basically no football club, in, and you know, this is partly my opinion as well, but no football club should be reliant on the head coach for signings or anything like that anymore, um, solely because the money is too big. You can't be building around just one guy's idea. You do need to have an overarching idea. And of course, your head coach has to, to feed into that idea and has to be on board with it and play in the way you would like to play, ideally. But to have this idea of just having a coach and you sign the players for the coach, kind of like Chelsea did with Conte to an extent. The problem is when you then bring in a coach like Sarri, who has maybe diametrically opposed view to football as Antonio Conte, then you end up in a bit of a weird situation. And then you bring in players for that coach. And then when that coach moves on, you end up in another situation where you've got remnants of the previous two head coaches who may not have the sort of style that the new head coach wants. So this is all designed to, as you say, be a lot more smarter on Chelsea's part to give them advantages um, in the transfer market. Um, the the multi-club thing is is really interesting because I think, you know, it's no secret that they've looked at sort of clubs in Portugal because they see that as a gateway for a lot of South American players. If they can get, get over through work permit issues, that's a way around it. Um, so, yeah, there is a grand plan and they are building towards that grand plan. And then once you have all these people in place, um, you give them the resources they need. Only time will tell if it all works out, of course. But the the logic is there, and the money is there to make it at least uh, as possible as it can be. No, I'm in, I'm intrigued. J.K., you you wanted to come in? No, I was just intrigued by your use of the word a camel of a club. I was just thinking more. Well, you know, that. you know. Okay, if if you if you make any decision by committee, or yeah. or there's no there, you know, that is it's not an integrative system. It's, it's what we always used to say, you know, a committee basically makes decisions that end up looking like a camel because nobody, nobody w- w- with a thought, with a kind of a, an integrated, thoughtful, uh, you know, future looking plan would have invented a camel because it doesn't make any sense. That's why. 
Yeah, but the, the camel one. Well, the, Adam answered it far better than I did. I was trying to be short and concise. No, no, I, I, I Ad, hang on, hear me out. Adam, Adam, Adam got it absolutely spot on. He was saying basically what we ended up with was lots of managers having too much say, all had different styles, all bought their own players. They all get fucked off after 18 months. And then you end up with what I was calling a camel, right? Yes, no, I see the image, but I just felt an image would be better. You know, something like a, you know, a, a oh, pimp, okay. a pimp eater or something something that's got bits of other I'll, animals i'll do better next you know, time all right rather than a camel that was all um but no i'm i'm intrigued also what what does this mean does this mean that um it, it, the other players the style of the club rather than the manager completely if the manager wants to play in a certain style does that mean that the the players the manager doesn't have any say in it and it's just down to the uh um the the stats that are that they have on whether or not you know they have enough ability they're speedy enough or they're they they have enough stamina is that is that what takes over is it is that the difference because it strictly seems that the manager then doesn't have a a say on the the type of player he's after well in theory if you've got an overarching idea as a club of how you want to play you obviously hire a coach you coach accordingly way and right. then you have the players that in theory can then play for that coach so as right, I say, right, you right. connect, you put all the, you put everything in a line, and you say, right, these are the dots, and you follow the line, and yeah. and personally, without Chelsea spending an absolute load of money, I can't see us catching Man City in the league unless they do this because I just the, the City have been doing this for five six years under Guardiola, where they built for they built a club to fit the coach, and that look when Pep goes, I do think there'll be a drop off for City. But they will go for a coach who is Pep-like, and Pep-like probably. Oh, well, like Guardiola is a Pepsi genius. Pepsi-like even. <laughs> he is a genius. He's a bit weird, but he's an absolute genius. And I do think they will never get another Guardiola. But they will get a coach who will play to the same principles. At Sean least. Dyche. That would. That's who I'd. <laughs> that would. That would make me laugh. Uh, Mark, oh. you've been sitting there very patiently, mate. Yeah, the question, Adam, I was going to ask is like, look, looking at all these people come in, it does seem like the administration are keeping to their word of having a long-term strategy for future recruitment and future direction of football club. But if this was a, a, shall we say, a structured chart, I'm working on the basis that Stuart comes in as technical director, Shields is director of recruitment, Win Stanley's head of, you know, what was he? Is he going to be head of recruitment? What's McCauley's role? Who reports into who? Because I do take Chidge's point on board. You know, management by committee doesn't really work, especially at a football club. Someone ultimately is in charge and people report in through various reporting lines. That someone in charge ultimately is Todd Bowley. But if he steps back eventually, I assume he will, because they have other interests, you know, Clear Lake Capital, and there's still the matter of the LA Dodgers, who haven't had a particularly great season, I understand, is... Who's the man running this on a day-to-day basis? Is that Stuart as the technical director? That is what is not clear just yet. And that's the thing. Yeah. They've not finished yeah. hiring yet. They've not finished yeah. hiring yet. So yeah. the hierarchical structure of it all isn't necessarily that clear. Um, we know, you know, they went after someone. And it originally spoke to Michael Edwards, who was obviously at Liverpool uh, in the summer. And he supposedly was absolutely blown away by their plans, but had, had told his family he was taking a year off and wasn't going to bend that. But uh, yes, there will be somebody at the top of the tree. There kind of has to be because there yeah. are going to be a lot of yeah. voices in this, but uh, but who that is, is is probably not clear exactly at this point because they say they are still 
hiring and, and speaking so to people. So you don't think it's one of these guys then? It could be. It could be. I mean, Vivelle's coming in as, as I think, technicals as well. Um, or he may have another title now because Stuart's taken technical, I think. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's not 100% clear at this stage who will be top of the tree. Um, but, you know, say they're still talking to people and uh, I imagine there'll still be a couple more. Uh, obviously, Vivelle hasn't been confirmed, um, but that is expected to be done and I expect there'll be a couple more as well. But do you not think that this January there's still fill a couple of several holes from a player point of view? Because I think that's still likely. I think they'll they'll do a kind of splurge and then apply this this technical view of how to get players in. I just think there are too many spaces that are obviously need to be filled. You know, like a midfield, yeah. midfield, um, a Reese James cover, and and possibly a um, a creative midfielder as well. Um, uh, Potentially. But I guess it. Um, I guess it depends because January is always difficult, as we know, to yes, sign yes. players. So, I historically Chelsea have never really signed that well in January. There've been the exceptions, but uh, but I'd rather them keep their powder dry if the right player isn't available, rather than yeah, wait. because then you oh, end up with, with with all due respect to these players, you end up with Emerson's who you yeah. bring in and are oh, kind of like. Zappa Costas, you know, these guys who are who are stop gaps and are, are are then just taking up a space in the squad. And, you know, there is there's a couple of like for the Reese, the Reese deputy who will be Reese deputy. I mean, Chelsea's uh, op, uh, buyback on Livermento becomes active in the summer. Um, he's still coming back from an ACL injury. But if he has six months where he looks absolutely fantastic, then maybe you consider that. So there are things to consider going into January as well. Mm, uh, but as I say, there, there's a lot more smarter people being paid a hell of a lot more money than me to make these decisions indeed well it's interesting you know watch this space i think is the message there um i think that's uh brought part one to a lovely conclusion unless adam's got a burning news story he wants to share with us no i do not have enough to ask couple of no I, I just thought i'd dangle it out there you never know you know adam as always it's been an absolute delight to have you on the show uh and uh, us uh, you know absorbing all your knowledge and insight uh joy uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I do hope you get better soon, mate, because I know you've been struggling with that cold for a while. So uh, get some rest. Are you going to Brighton? Uh, yes, I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> no I will, rest. Uh, yes, I'll be there. And then I'll, and, but then, to be fair, I'm at Brighton and then I've got, uh, I'm not working again until Dinamo. So I have okay. three days off after the game. Well, you look after yourself. Be uh, Be sensible. But as I said, lovely having you on the show. Thanks for turning up when you're feeling a bit rough. It's much appreciated. Okay. There you go. The lovely Adam Newsom from Football.London, uh, the chief, oh, oh. chief Chelsea correspondent of said publication. And we will see Adam, no doubt, very, very soon. And uh, we will be back after this very short break. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. 
Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Football Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast with me, Stanford Chidge. It's the Friday night preview show. And of course, co-starring is Mr. Jonathan Kidd. You're an absolute shower. The absolute shower. Absolute shower. How are you? You all right? Yeah, good, good, good. That was fun. Adam's great, isn't Yeah, it? he's lovely. Love Adam. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Good knowledge. And uh, we've also got the absolutely fantastic, wonderful, brilliant, lovely Mark Meehan on the show. Absolutely buzzing to be on the show tonight. Re- really enjoying it so far. Good. But I'm intrigued. Uh, obviously, people listening can't see it, but I can. JK has got a Europa League background with Chelsea beside it. Where's that from? Is that from Amsterdam in 2013? Amsterdam. I'll move away so you can see Yeah, the... I thought it was. Yeah, it's Amsterdam 2013. Yes, I can see it now. Yes, as the players get the trophy. Oh, that's fantastic. Were you there? What a wonderful backdrop. Yeah. Were you two there? Were you two there? Of course yes. I was there. How did I take the picture? Oh, I don't know. You might have nicked it from somewhere. I don't oh, know. Oh, please. <laughs> the nick pa. You were there, Mark? <laughs> Yes, I think I've got. We'll we'll, we'll get to that on the fifty years of Chelsea. Probably about in a year's time. I've got a great Amsterdam Amsterdam story to tell you. Yeah, good. Actually, I actually stayed with one of the Ajax firm. Yeah, who was actually barred from the stadium, (laughs) but actually managed managed to get into the game on the night, and I sat beside him. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I I I I kind of. Well, I half couldn't make it work. Money, time, blah blah blah. But actually, that wasn't an excuse. Half of it was part of my ongoing anti-Rafa protests. Yeah, no, fair enough. It was still no, going on. Fair enough. Yeah. Absolutely. I watched it. I watched. I had a great night. I watched it in the pub in the Southern Cross with Walter Otten, would you believe? And me and Waltz were the first to arrive in the Southern Cross. And my God, by the end of it, we were in a state. But so that, as Mark said, is for a 50 years of Chelsea coming to you in about two years' time. Uh, coming to you much sooner than this is a chap that Mark Meehan... Had the pleasure of meeting before the Man United match on Saturday, didn't you, Mark? Yes, it was it was a, a sort of surreal moment. Like I, I was at the store with Marco, and then we saw Richard Shaler coming across the road, the wonderful Richard, who was an absolutely brilliant artist. And he goes, he's got Pat Nevin with him. And 
yeah, Pat popped over, said hello, asked how sales for a certain event, which I bet you're going to talk about in a minute, were going along. And he basically said, if we need any help uh, pushing the event, he's happy to push it on his socials. And I said, I don't think we'll need it, Pat. I think it's just about to sell out. But he was so looking forward to it. He actually said it. I'm really looking forward to it. He was just checking time start, et cetera, as well. So I think, I think he's, he's up for it. So it should be a really good afternoon. You know, let's just make sure we beat us as well. Really cap it off and it'll be a really good day. Because as I said before, there's going to be cake. There is, of course. It's awesome. Yes. Bloody hell. I forgot yes. that. Uh, you know, it's it, it's also yeah. We I should tell you what we all waffling on about. Um, if you don't know this by now, you must have been you know somebody in, undiscovered in the Amazon rainforest. But on the sixth of November, after the Arsenal match, uh, we will be doing another Chelsea fancast uh, in association with the Troubadour uh, presents uh, an afternoon with Pat Nevin, and the doors will be open at half past three. And then me and JK and Pat will be looking back at the Arsenal match. Hopefully, as Mark said, we will have won. Uh, followed by a live Q&A uh, with the absolute Chelsea legend that is Pat Nevin. And then there's a kind of a meet and greet. We just can mingle with Pat and talk to him and get get stuff. So, you know, that kind of thing. Have a few drinks with him. Uh, tickets are £20 and they are available at ticketweb.uk. And the Troubadour Club is in Old Brompton Road. Uh, I, and Mark's right. Um it is, oh, yeah, and that's the other thing. It's also Mark's uh, uh, birthday celebration as well. Uh, so there will be cake, as I said. Will there be any gluten-free? Oh, um, oh I, might, I might just go to Sainsbury's at Fulham Broadway and buy a gluten-free cake just for you. you that would be lovely. Thank yeah. you. I'm happy to pay for it. Yes. <laughs> With four candles. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, yeah, it's also Mark's birthday bash that weekend. So we'll be having a – I mean, I can't, you know I'm going to have to drive. I can't. Oh, I, I, I know because the trains are fucked and it's a twelve o'clock kickoff. I've, I, I wonder if I could get my wife to drive. Mm. Would she do that and hang around? Or, no, I mean she'd have is to hang day, all day. Is that the day of the train strike? No, it's just the. Oh, oh. oh actually, there is a train strike on the fifth. Yeah, there is. Oh crikey! There is. There is. God, I haven't thought that one through. Fuck. Well, well, that's the thing. Tomorrow, there's no trains out of Victoria to Brighton tomorrow. There's only trains on London Bridge. Yeah, I haven't thought that through at all because I'm. I'm. Yeah. I mean, would you believe it? I'm at a party in Woking the night before. Fuck. I've got to really think this one through. But anyway, um, yeah. If I turn up, uh, there will be a great afternoon with Pat Nevin in the Troubadour Club. Um, and as we were saying, um, the tickets are practically sold out. I mean, there are. I mean, literally a handful, maybe two handfuls. That's it. And if you don't get on this now, they will sell out and you will be disappointed. So I urge you to to get on it and and uh, and, and get a ticket right away. I mean, they're fan I mean, look, it's a small venue, so we don't have there aren't many tickets period. I think we get about 50 people in there. Um but we like that because it makes it much more intimate and you know, you get a chance to actually have a chat with Pat and it's no pressure, you know, it's not like one of these big events. It's very very Chelsea fan cast in that kind of styley um but as i said because there aren't that many tickets available the chances are that these things will sell out pretty quickly and that's kind of what's happening so get on it people uh and of course it, you know other than pat being there it'd be lovely to see a few familiar faces we we do love seeing you and having the chance to have a drink I, i've now got to go away and refigure my whole entire transport plans but i'm sure i'll figure it out uh but we're looking forward to that so there we go um we're also looking forward to the fact that chelsea are playing another match of course on saturday and it is against well, I think it's being dubbed 
already the Graham Potter Derby by the uh, the less witty people amongst us. Not me, I hasten to add, but there you go. I used it. Yeah. Oh, oh, oops, sorry, Mark, for the <laughs> slur right. I've just landed. Guilty charged. I know, I know. Yeah. Landed at your yeah. door. Now, um, I have to say, this is rapidly becoming my favourite uh, bit of the week across both shows, largely because... It, it, it shows me up to be a complete dickhead, which, of course, I have no shame, so I have no problem in doing so. It is time for Chidgy's team selection. Now, uh, I threatened you all with this on Monday. JK's probably already rumbled what I've done. Uh, but I can tell you that Cooley Bally is still out and uh, Cover is fatigued. That's what we learned from the press conference today. But I have, JK, I have not one, but I have two team selections today. No, no, because as I said, you need to do one at the start and one at the end. Because of what? The, the show? Of the, of the, of the match, yeah. of the match. Because, you <laughs> sorry, know, sorry, I thought you meant of the show. No, no, right. no, because they will change. Um, and, and that's the way he likes to roll. Now, uh-huh, uh-huh. I have started with uh, a kind of going, you know, some variant of 3 4 2 1, I presume, but uh, Kepering goal. Um, it has to be the same back three because that's the only players that are available. He's not going to bring Aspie in for Chaloba unless he's had a brain bypass. But anyway, Cucurella, Silva, Chaloba. I think he'll go Jorginho and Loftus-Cheek because I think he'll probably rest cover if his, if his calf or knee's a bit dodgy. Aspie will play, I presume, wing-back. Chilwell will play on the other side. I think he'll persist with Sterling and we'll talk about that a minute in a minute or later on. And Mount... Uh, definitely comes in and Aubameyang up front. Now, we'll talk about that in a minute because this is what he'll finish with. Uh, he'll probably go to a back four. Chilwell, Cucurella will go off. Chilwell will go uh, back to left back. Silver Chilobrasby will still be in the back four. Um, Kovacic will come on for Loftus-Cheek. Jorginho will stay on. Mount will go back into the three because it's now 4-3-2-1. Gallagher will come on. So will Pulisic and Brozier. That's how it'll end up. I mean, it would be amazing if I managed to get both right, but I just thought it would be a bit of fun to do both. But what do you think of my starting lineup? Hey, yeah, but I love it because there's twice the opportunity to get it right. Absolutely, I, I'm a sucker <laughs> for punishment, mate. I, I have no shame. You know that. Can you imagine if you went to Paddy Power and put odds on both of these? You'd probably get really good odds and make a few quid if you got it right. Yeah. Judging by my my predictions in the Prem Predictions League, though, um, you, I wouldn't win any money at all. So, what, what do you think, J.K. The starting lineup? I have no fucking. Clue. I mean, we don't, do we? That's the trouble. No. How do this is good? You know, uh, it, it, it's what I love about this is that you know the last time this happened was Ranieri in particular, particularly, and the um, Tuchel occasionally with no idea what was happening, but Ranieri, but Ranieri was just rubbish and uh, um, and just chose players. <laughs> Chose players to, depending on you know whether the, he'd got up in the morning and 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 decided he couldn't be bothered to to pick somebody or just for the hell of it. Whereas um you know he he'd, he'd eat some some I was going to say some t- stereotypical Italian meal, but that's unfair because I like Italian food. Um, but no, but he I don't know what came into his head and somebody who played fantastically the week before he decided to drop. Whereas in this instance, it's all done tactically, and uh, I I can honestly th- I. You know, um, I, I agree Sterling shouldn't really play from the beginning because he's not looking as good as Pulisic. Um, but he had little bursts, Sterling, where he contributed hugely. And this is the thing. It's almost like you need to watch all of them, what they're doing when they haven't got the ball, um, because there's a lot of activity going on. Um, 
And similarly, Cheek, I found Cheek slightly disappointing when he came on, but he was playing, he was doing a job, you know. Um, so, uh, yes, Chidge, you could absolutely be right. I think um, I like the fact we've got this op op opportunity. You think he'll, yes, no, Silver will play all the way through because uh, that appears to be here. But having said that, no, they'll give them the rest this week, won't they? Because they'll rest them all against um, uh, Zagreb. So, um Silver can play this weekend. Chalabar will probably play in both because he's that fit. Um, uh, yes, I suppose. I don't. Um, I mean, because it's his old team. Might he not play something completely different that we've no idea what he'll play? But I think that's um, my point. I mean, you know, we, we've seen him do this week after week after week. That he brings on pretty much all of his five subs and he changes formation. And well, in, 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 invariably, we end up with a back four. You've still got three four two one. I mean, he might he come well, up. Well, not in that. the second iteration. I've got three four two one in the starting lineup, and it goes. But then you've got four three two one. Yeah, I get it. I get yeah. it. But I'm just. I'm. I'm going on the first one at the moment. I can't quite get my head around the second one because it's. It's yes. I agree with it. But um, might he not bring on um, Chuchuwea or um, whatever his name is? I've forgotten. Sorry, forgive me. The pronunciation. Chuchuwea maker. Chuka, yeah, maker. Sorry, Um Uh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he might give him a go because um, he obviously sees something. I don't you know. Oh, help! Can he play know. wing back? Yeah, yes, exactly. Perhaps he will. I don't. I don't think he'll play as Pulaqueta from the beginning, Chidge. I don't really. I just don't see it. But once again, you know, who's okay. who's he gonna? Well, I mean, he could he could put Cover and Jorginho together and lost his cheek at. He could I mean, put it, one of them. He could put cheek at the wing back. Or he Sterling could... or Pulisic. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, fuck yeah. knows. You yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd rather he didn't. I'd rather he played Aspie there. But I mean, Aspie, Aspie's not got the legs for wing back, so and it's, it's, and, it, and and can't cross. You know, we keep well, going. Yeah, we, we all know that. Never, never been able to cross, but it, mm. but particularly it's becoming more and more relevant. You know, the other day against United, when he stabbed the ball across and it ended up as a shot up the other thing, end. The thing just... is, Aspie had a rest, didn't he? I mean, I know he came on against Salzburg, but he he didn't start. So maybe maybe there's an element of protecting him for this game going. Mark, Mark sorry, go, enough, sorry, JK. Sorry, mate. Sorry, I talked over you. Start again. No, no, I don't know enough Brighton enough. If I knew what the way Brighton played more, um, I would be more specific um, about suggesting who would play and what. You know, all I know is they've got some pretty decent players. And uh, um, well, if Lamptey's for... fit, I'll shit my pants if he's up against Aspie. Oh, completely. Well, he may play, play him. Is he fit? Is I he don't know. In... Is the answer to that? Sorry, not enough Brighton knowledge. Yeah, he'd be on. He'd be on the other side of the. Pitch. He, oh, well, there against... is that as well. Yeah, yeah he'd be up, he'd up against Chilwell probably. So, yeah. So d yeah. double wrong. Not 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 yeah. not satisfied with getting it wrong once. They, I got it wrong they, twice. They tend to bring Lamptey on as a sub, though, don't they? In fact, if I remember rightly, mm. um, under, under no, Potter. <laughs> He played wing backs at Brighton, uh, but he 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 did often because he plays Solly March as a wing back and Solly March is a winger. So this is not unusual for Potter to be playing wingers in a sort of like a wing back style formation. But I don't know the new guy if he's retained the same formation. So I'm there with JK. Looking at your end team, I would not rule out the possibility because I think you're right. Dave doesn't work as a wing back, and I think that's why. It worked against Salzburg, but it didn't work against Manchester United because you bring Dave on for the latter part of the game. Um, the way you end it, and that would be four at the back, do you know what? It's so impossible to predict. Yeah, if, if, he's, if he actually picked those 11 at the start of the game, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. See, 
you can have an unusual situation where the team you've picked to end the game actually is the team that starts the game. It's <laughs> <laughs> because you can't. It's impossible for the team. But I've not gone with that. I think what Potter tends to do is the players he brings on, and he does make four or five changes a game at the moment. He's, he's averaging that. But the players he brings on this sub quite often then start the next game. So I do think Asby, Loftus-Cheek, Mount and Broja will start. Mm. So I'm putting Broja in uh, instead of Aubameyang. And I'm going to say he's going to rest Sterling. Um, so I would go with exactly your team, Chidge. But the only changes I'd make are up top. Broja for Aubameyang and Havertz for Sterling. But I agree with the rest of it. No, good point about Havertz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pulisic yeah. might be right. Can I give you some interesting facts? Go on. The, uh, the Blues last drew three successive league matches in January, February 2012 under Andre Villas-Boas. And um, uh, no side have scored more Premier League goals in the final 15 minutes of games this season than Chelsea. Interesting. Oh. And um, this will be Graham Potter's first league meeting with Brighton since leaving the club for Chelsea in September. It's the earliest into a Premier League season by date that a manager has managed for and against the same team with the previous earliest, Brian Little, in 1994-95, for and against well, Leicester City. Amazing. Amazeballs. Good stats, JK. Um, just returning to Sterling, um, you know, he did, he did come up in the, uh, in, the, in the presser today, which I thought was interesting because we've been, you know, having a right old moan up about Sterling recently, and I think for good reason. He's not been, you know, as good as we'd hoped he would be. I, I thought Potter handled it you know, reasonably well, actually, because he basically said, um, look, you know, it, I mean, the best way to put it is he kind of made it into a team issue, not an individual one. You know, he was saying, you know, the way I look at it, I kind of look at it like, well, basically, um, yeah, you know, if he's underperforming, then I look at the whole team and say, well, are we creating enough for him? Are we giving him enough chances? That kind of thing, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, I mean, he basically played a straight bat, really. Um, but uh, I, I'm going to stand by it. I don't. I don't think Sterling's doing really. You know what we want him to do. Of course, the other thing is Potter could be feeling guilty because he knows he's been playing him out of position by playing him as some sort of a wing back, which is not really what he's there for. But anyway, what do we know? Not for the first time we've ever said that. Um, I can. I see your stats, J.K., and I raise you. Oh. Uh, you know, Potter, Potter, this was mentioned in the presser, actually. Potter could be the first English Chelsea manager to go 10 matches unbeaten since... Well, they didn't say this in the presser because, of course, they didn't realise there was football before 1992. But uh, since 1906-7, which is... I mean, J JK would have been going in those days. Can you remember who the manager was then? Um, it was... Um, uh, oh, I, I don't know. Who was our first manager? Uh, Robertson. Might have been. It wasn't called ahead, was it? That was in the thirties. Yeah, called ahead. Called ahead was late. He called ahead was there for quite some time. I think it was Rob Robertson rings bells. I think J.K.'s got that one yeah. spot on. Well, he yeah. was there, yeah. so I'm not surprised. Will Billy Gilmore play? Do you think? I don't think so. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I don't see why Ooh. not. Is he on loan? He is, isn't he? So. Well, is he no, on loan? No, no, we sold him. Well, then why won't? Then why we won't? Then of course he is. Then why? Why wouldn't he play? But has he played? I don't has think he's been I don't think yeah. he's been playing yet. No, no, no. Oh. Welbeck, of course, is is on fire for them. Fantastic signing of a man, uh, presumably thought to be past it. Lalana is 
possibly injured and just started training again. I like him as a player as well. And of course, he won the uh, the European Cup with Liverpool. Trossard is my favourite um, Brighton player. I think he's absolutely good player. Good player. fantastic player. Fantastic. I like Solly March as well. Solly March good, is good as well. Yeah, good that's player. why I was thinking about whether they would buy him as the wing back. But of course, he is a winger once again. Is that's the yeah. situation? But you know, so because I keep thinking about whether we could fill that. Have somebody also, as you said last week, Chidge, is somebody you have to buy them and they have to be aware that when when um, uh, Reese gets back, they won't be in the team. Um, but uh, um, interesting to see whether, in fact, he plunders any of these Brighton players in January, just as a as a make weight, because mm. I, it's interesting to discuss that old business of getting players in um, on the same level as uh, as City. Where, where suddenly they come up with somebody you've got no idea who they are and they play out of their skin. The other player who's pretty good for them, who always plays well against us, is Dunk, who yeah. is very uncompromising, of course. And well, Colwell is on loan, isn't he? So yeah, he won't. He won't play. He won't no. play. Is I Dunk mean, the one that supports Chelsea? Is he? They all support Chelsea. They're, they're, I think we've like bred a whole kind of raft of. Robbie Keane's in this generation who's, you know, oh, yeah, they were my boyhood club. It's always Chelsea these days, which it could well be, of course, because these kids are only exactly that. They're kids, so they probably grew up with Chelsea as the best team and therefore they support them. Um, yeah. What was I going to say? I've gone done Sterling, haven't I? Yeah, I, you make some... Oh, yeah, Brighton do play religiously under this new guy, 3-4-2-1 or 3-4-1-2. So interesting that I've kind of matched that up so I can see I can see Potter doing the same. I mean, they've not won. Brighton have not won since Potter left. Uh, the interesting, I mean, I'll just tell you what the results have been. I mean, they've, they've, they've had some tough matches, actually, to be to be fair to them. But uh, they uh, most recently lost away to Man City 3-1. No disgrace there. They drew 0-0 against Forest at home, which is a poor result. Uh, they lost away to Brent, uh, Brentford. Not an easy place to go, as we know. They lost 1-0 at home to Spurs. Unforgivable. And they had a mad result where they drew three all with Liverpool, if you remember, before that. Mm. Um, I mean, but basically, they don't score a lot of goals, or they're not scoring a lot of goals at the moment. Um, Potter said in the presser today, he was quite kind, really, saying that they, they've actually played quite well during that time, but they just haven't had much luck. <clears throat> but I, I wonder if, uh, if you know, it's possibly going a bit pear-shaped. Because they were doing really, really well, weren't they? They, they were... You know, the, when Potter was there before he joined us, they were quite high up in the league, and people were going, "Oh, Brighton are looking good, aren't they?" They could have been the next, the next cab off the rank to maybe break into the top six of the clubs that you know, other than the clubs that normally do. But maybe, maybe that's a bit of a, a setback for them. They've never beaten us at all in a, in the Premier League, but they have actually been doing quite well recently. I mean, I, I seem to recall Tuchel's first match, wasn't it? it was a nil-nil draw. And then we drew 1-1 against them. So there's been quite a lot of draws recently. He scrolls down the page. Yeah, 1-1, 1-1, We beat them 3-1 away uh, back in uh, 2020, September 2020. And it was a 1-1 down there before that. So, you know, they're getting better. But that was down to Potter and he's gone. So, you know, what hope Brighton, JK? What hope? Abandon hope all ye who enter here, I would say. Uh, that's a sort of seafaring. It um... is. Uh, map idea, isn't it? Because is. they're on the south coast. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a nautical, nautical match, really. Isn't nautical it? reference. Yes, exactly. Yes. We need, yeah. we need midshipman Foley, really, for this, don't we? I wonder. It's he's probably like listening. There are be dragons. It's like that as well, isn't it? Here's another stat to throw at you. You know, I said that Brighton are, are struggling to score at home. Chelsea are averaging two point two. I don't quite know how they work this out. Two point two Premier League goals away from home at the moment. 
Who knew? Oh, Who knew? I wasn't, getting that, I wasn't getting that impression. Who gets the point two of a goal? Is that Havertz, all of Havertz's misses combined to make a relevant stat? <laughs> Who knew? Anyway, so, I mean, it's 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 kind of a weird old match, isn't it, Mark? You know, there'll be an edge on it because it's Potter's returning. He won't want to lose. The new bloke won't want to lose. They're not in particularly good form. I, can't, I wouldn't say we're in particularly good form league-wise. Our last two games have been draws. It's got draw written all over it, mate, surely. And we always draw against Brighton. It's got draw written all over it in my book, got to say. Yep, it's got draw written all over it, but it would be the end for a perfect week if we went there and won. Um, I'm not I'm not envisaging the Battle of Brighton mirrored from the 1970s when there was cards galore and people getting sent off. And I think Ron Harrison got a, got a red card back then. But I think it could be a feisty game because Potter's coming back and I have no idea what the reaction will be from Brighton fans. I've not kept an eye on social media, anything like that. Um, will he get a good reception? Will he get stick? Who knows? We'll wait and see. If he gets a lot of stick, that can make the lively atmosphere reflected on the pitch. Their players will be up for it because they want, might want to put one over on him. But I do think the way we play is probably better set up to play away from home you know, than perhaps at home and the level of expectation at home as well. So... I'd like to think we sneaky a sneaky one nil win. Mm, not but if fact. it was a one all draw, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. Yeah, I got a feeling, you know, that uh, it'll be. I mean, of course, you know, if he does draw, J.K., he still remains unbeaten, and it's it's a funny old thing we've been talking about for a few weeks, isn't it? There's unbeaten and there's unbeaten. You know, you can you can remember. I mean, like Arsenal. You know, the, I think the best example of that is Arsenal in the invincible season when. They, they, you know, they've got this kind of imaginary trophy for going throughout a season unbeaten, even though they lost to us, of course, in the Champions League. Um, and if they were clinging on for dear life to to get draws and not lose by the end of it. Um, and I think you could say the same. You know, you, you 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 can be unbeaten, but you've played pretty poorly and just about scraped a draw and got lucky. And and there is this issue, isn't there? Has Potter? I mean, you know, he says that uh, the new the new Brighton manager has been unlucky. You know, Potter has been lucky, I think, hasn't he, JK? I don't think you can deny that. Very lucky against Villa. Mm. Down to the brilliance of Kepper. Um, but uh, the errors they made, they should have uh, been out of sight, Villa. Um, but it, that, the, the difficulty is, isn't it, if if in the league performances they're not, very, not playing very well and we're a bit scathing about them and then they pull it out of the bag playing in Europe, um, it, it all becomes very dif- difficult to predict. I mean, he might have a such an in on Brighton that he sets up a, a team tomorrow that beats them easily. But I hope. think you would hope so. Yeah, absolutely. But also you'd have hoped you'd hope they'd somehow bring the form of Europe into the uh, into the league games. But, but we, we said on Monday, didn't we? You know, I posed that question, you know, Chelsea um, are for some reason and we couldn't we couldn't really find an answer at the time. But I said, are they better in in, in, in the Champions League? than they are in the league. And Marco fired back, well, that's because we're a cup side, which I thought was interesting. Um, but there is some... I, I think it's because the the pace of the game in Europe suits a lot of the players that we have still. I mean, you know, look at that Havertz goal. I mean, it was a brilliant goal against Salzburg. Let's, you know, make no bones about it. It was beautifully executed at beautiful first touch, which is what, what helps. And he put it in the top bins beautifully. How much time would he have had to do that in the Premier League? Somebody would have dived in, you bet your bottom yeah. dollar. Somebody yeah. would have been on top of him. But I think there was an interesting um, uh, uh, graphic that I saw that somebody had been pulled out of position by a move 
near to him, which allowed him to have that space. So it was actually a, um, an attacking ploy that created the space for him. I think somebody being wider. Once again, we're slightly in a, a realm of me uh, appreciating what's going on, but I don't know how they apply it. I can't quite see how suddenly he gets that moment, but he took it wonderfully. It, 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 you then appreciate what a great player he is. Yeah, I mean, I do love him. I do love him. It's just disappointing because I love him so much. I mean, you know, yet again, as we all know, I, I predicted he'd be our top scorer in our, in our little predictions thing we do with Dino at the beginning of the season, and I'm already crying into my bloody milk. Well, I, I think that Dunk will kick him because that's what he did last time. I don't think Dunk. Havertz has a problem with being kicked. He's, he's, oh, no, no, uh, but no, but he gets, he gets very occupied with it, though. Yeah, he gets into a bit of a scrap, doesn't he? he? Yeah, he gets into... He doesn't... He's not... He's not slow at going coming forward with it, which you know, good good luck to him. But it means that he's he effectively becomes ineffective because mm. he's not as much well, he's involved. Taken out of the game effectively, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, Mark. If if we play, I mean, we did say this in part one, but I, I you know, genuinely, I thought we played some scintillating football up at Salzburg. But uh, if we can play football like that against Brighton, I mean, you know, we'll tear them apart. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I, I think it just com- comes down to, I don't think there's much dissimilar from how we set up against Manchester United, uh, how we set up against Salzburg. It worked better with Salzburg, maybe because United had better players, I don't know. So, you know, would it work again against Brighton? But he may not play that formation. It's impossible to predict how he will set up. He'll, he'll know. And he's doing different things against different opponents. So he's making it hard for other coaches to second guess him as well. Yeah, if people watch Chelsea, they say, well, what do they play? Do they play a 3-5-2, a 3-4-3, a 3-1-4-1-1? He does different things, not just against different teams. He does different formations during the course of the game. And that must be really annoying for scouts reporting back to receiving managers about how Chelsea is set up. But we should beat Brighton with the players we've got. We seem better away from home. I know we drew at Brentford. I know it was Harry against Villa. But I think we should have beaten Brentford. We had enough quality. It's, it's the finishing again, to, isn't it? It's the finishing. Yeah. That's the fundamental. That's why I just think, yeah, Dunk's a bit of a beast. That's why I, in my predictions, I went with Brozier. I think there's something different about Brozier compared to Aubameyang. And I could see Aubameyang being muscled out of it, never mind Habit, being muscled out of it by Dunk. Where I think Brozier yeah, might put a bit of a scrap up with Dunk. And well, Havertz feeds off the scraps, no pun intended. I mean, you know, I've, I've committed myself now, but I mean, you know, I, I've said this quite a few times. I mean, I, I think Brozier can play up on his own and cause havoc. I mean, mm. he scares the life out of defenders because he's quick and he's also tenacious. He never gives up. I mean, that was the mm. wonderful thing we saw against Brentford, although he got some stick for that game. I thought just for that kind of stuff, he was well worth starting. And he does terrorise defences, and he doesn't give up, and I love it. But I think you, maybe you need to have him play with somebody else, you know. So maybe yeah. play playing with Ober or or uh, or Havertz because he will terrorise them, and they may feed off the scraps that he causes by the chaos that he causes. You know, might be a we solution. Sh- we shall see. We will indeed. His pace will definitely unnerve Dunk because um, I, I think he's quite good at, uh, at kicking lumps out of people who. Um, uh, I, I mean, not to say that Havertz isn't quick off the mark, but Brozier's main thing is just, you know, making a beeline. It's like a, a battering way. ram, isn't it? Yes. 
completely. Yeah. yeah, I love him. I love him, mate. I think he's fantastic. But Mark's right. I mean, you know, it's finishing is our problem. And I mean, it could have gone very tits up against Salzburg. I mean, I had a horrible feeling, you know, when uh, we went one nil up um, at half time, and I thought, fucking hell, it should be three or four. This is going to come uh, back and haunt us. Of course, it should, should have been make... three or four. Mm, yeah. Obama Yang was strangely uh, profligate. He was, wasn't he? How bad? Again, coming back to the point about you see things differently between television and the stadium. How bad was that Obama Yang miss? Because it was a great piece well, of which football. Which one? That was, well, the one was that really great piece of football. Havertz is through on the edge of the area and he passes it across. Yeah, it that was, was like that was six... the great one-touch move end-to-end, wasn't it? That was it? the one-touch yeah. move. Yeah. Terrible. He hit it straight at the goalkeeper. I know. It looked bad in the stadium, but the Chelsea fans were at the other end. So mm. it probably looked even worse then on television because we just thought, how did he miss that? Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Hey-ho. Um, okay, let's do, that, do our little uh, predictionis. Mark's saying 1-0. Yeah? Yep. You're saying 1-0. J.K.? 3-0. To Chelsea, obviously. Of course. Of course. The disdain in your voice. I love it. Yeah, 3-0, JK. 1-0, uh, Mark. I've got a horrible feeling this is going to be a draw. And you predicted a draw last week as well. I did, didn't I? And I got, yeah. I got a spot on for it. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say one one all again, I think. Um and, and you know I can't lose here because if if I predict this in the Prem Predictions League, which I haven't yet because I haven't done them yet, and uh, and it is a draw, then my pissed offness will be mitigated by the fact that I would have got myself fifty points. And if Chelsea wallop them and I lose lots of points, I'll be absolutely delirious because Chelsea will win. So I, I'm going to go one all. I've just got a feeling Brighton draw against us all the time. They don't score many goals, but I tell you what, if I was going to not go for the draw. I would, I would, I think Mark's Mark's one nil. I put some money on that, but there you go. Brilliant stuff. Well done, boys. Mark, I've got one final question for you. Um, I saw a photograph that you, or from an article you picked out about uh, Graham Potter doing a sleep out at Brighton last year. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're still sort of like talking to the club about a sleep out in March of next year and getting the date confirmed, but we've got a likely date in mind with the international break. But, yeah, came across that by accident. Um, yes, there was a sleepout in Brighton last year. And to his credit, Graham Potter went out on the sleepout. So fair play to him. So we will be making a request and see if our manager will join us this year. That might entice me out of Winchester, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, it would, yeah, be, it would mean yeah. no whiskey, no cigar and no, uh, you know, readings from the fire pit. Well, you could do the whiskey. Oh, no, you can't. They won't allow us alcohol. No, in there, not or, or a cigar. Damn. Or a cigar. Or a fire pit. Or a fire pit. Damn. So, you know, do no, I give up? Go to um, Eelbrook Common and do it there. Well, I'd probably get arrested, mate. But, yeah, uh, but yeah, for you, maybe, but not for me. I mean, I don't know. Is that the, the temptation to quiz uh, to quiz Potter on, on his tactical stuff too much? I would actually, do you know what? If I, I mean, this is lovely. We don't talk enough about this kind of weird shit, do we? I think we should do more weird shit than we do already. It's like, if you got the chance to meet Graham Potter, what would you talk about? I, I would actually want to talk to him about his uh, masters in emotional intelligence and what that's all about and how that helps. I'd like to talk about his childhood. You're not analysing him, you know, JK. Oh, okay, okay. That's my job, <laughs> you know? But it's interesting, isn't it? We never talk about that kind of thing. What would, what would we talk to these guys about if, if we actually had the chance to sit down and meet with them? I'd be thinking, I better not ask him any questions because he'll think I'm a complete dick. That's what I'd be thinking. Um, would you get a bit know. starstruck? No, no, not starstruck. Just, um, uh, 
Now, th- something will come to me. I wonder, I once sat next to Andy Roxburgh, uh, who just left uh, Scotland. Andy Roxburgh. On the plane. And um, people were coming up to him and going, oh, Andy Roxburgh, you're Andy Roxburgh. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I'm sitting next to him. And I said, look, I'm so sorry, Mr. Roxburgh, because I'm going to ask you some quite tricky conversations. I said, how do you communicate with the players? And uh, I said, do you find it difficult? Is it uh, you need to be concise in any way or do you find yourself being over elaborate? And he said, he said, that's a really interesting question. He said, I'm actually reading this book. And he showed me a book and it was how to be more concise. He said, I tend to. Have you, have you read it? And uh, funnily enough, no. You should. I, no, I think it would ruin me as a, <laughs> as a contributor. Touche. <laughs> yeah, if you want me to, Chidge, I will. But <laughs> no. I'll only be on the show for about 15 minutes. <laughs> Mate, listen, we need no lessons from you in how to be concise because to, to do what you do, this is what people, I mean, the number of times people make these comments, don't they, on Twitter, when on your fan bites. How the fuck does he get all of that in in two minutes 20? We need no also, lessons from you in terms of being concise. You I are do, the master. I'm getting, I'm getting some very lovely uh, responses to it as well. Yeah, which is, so you should. I came on and said, I'm a scouser, but I love love your stuff. There and I, I, I was just absolutely fine. My little heart went. I just yeah. went, oh, that's so lovely of you, mate. Thank you so much. But it's it's um it's it's been a beautiful response, and also just people coming up to me at the games and going, uh, you know, keep it up, mate, love it. Uh, it's it's joyous, and thank you so much, everybody. It well, really there you is go. great uh, to be encouraged. Bit like of it. bit of bit of trivia about Andy Roxburgh, because I think there's been a program. It's either on Netflix or um, Amazon Prime or one of those channels. I'm sure someone said it. Andy Roxburgh actually gave Pat Nevin his first international chance. He did didn't he? He was in, he's in the eight. So Pat joined us in 83. So it's got to be early 80s because Scotland won either of Euros or some kind of like, you know, he won a, was it, youth, it was a youth. youth it was a youth tournament. It? Yeah. And Pat was in the team and Pat scored. And I think there's a film on Netflix somewhere. There's a clip of that game. So yeah, Andy Rocks would give Pat his first opportunity at international football. Mm. So Pat would have probably been about 16 at the time. Yeah, we you... could ask Pat. Yeah. At that you know, event at the Troubadour yeah. when there's only a handful of tickets left that people need to hurry up and buy. That's right. And we can ask him about Andy Roxburgh. We yes. could indeed. Um, JK, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if I've given you one already. I might have done. Have you seen what I'm sporting tonight? I'm very on brand tonight. Have you seen Yeah, I love it. It's mm. a Chelsea fan cast T-shirt you know, with a Guinness and celery for everybody. Chidge is wearing it at an angle. He's just slightly to the left. He's leaning away from the microphone and he's making it look rather lovely for anybody who'd like to buy it. I suggest you do. Well, you you could if there were any to buy. There if are there were to buy. There are none to buy. No, there are two two left, and I own them both. Um, but the the lovely thing is, this is the first time I've been able to fit into it, probably since they were made. Actually, because because... <laughs> you just lost lost some weight, I'm... which is an example to us all. Yes, I am rather svelte these days. So I therefore can not only fit into it, but I can fit into it with room. Um, but I do have, I do have, I have two. And I'm not sure, if I've given you one already? Uh, I have a, I, I've got one version of something. I'll have a look. I don't think I have. If you don't have one, these are like I, fucking rocking horse shit. I man. don't, I don't think you've been. Um, that unif- generous. If you know, absolutely. Okay. With your your memorabilia of the show to somebody who's on the show regularly. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yes, I am. Well, I think it's a bit like being awarded your 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 international cap or your county cap. Yes, my but, first in colours. Yes. Thank you. Well, I, I think I should give you the only other uh, existing Chelsea fancast T-shirt for two reasons. 
One, yes. because because you absolutely deserve it. But you can secondly, actually there are three reasons. Secondly, uh, so you can wear it on the Chelsea uh, fan bite, which would be good on-brand messaging. Okay. And thirdly, because out of all the fan casters that are on the show, you're probably the only one that would fit into it. Is it a small? No, no, it's, it's well, it's, it's, it's I don't know, actually. It's just probably it's, large. It's a, it's a copious, is it? It's probably large, actually. Oh, okay. But uh, it's, it'll fit you, definitely. Love it. I love it, Chidge. You, you want one? All right, next time I see you, remind me and I'll, well, I, I, the Pat the Pat Nevin do. I'll see you then. Pat yeah. Nevin, wear it to that. Wear it to, both wear it to the arsenal. No, that would be um, a bit, that would be a bit wanky. That would be, that would be a bit like all wearing black and being ultras, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be crystal palace controversial yeah. joke there we go topical <laughs> joke uh but no yeah. Janet, i will hand it over to you in a ceremony at said pat nevin do would you like that would you like me, would you like me to bow or even kneel? i shall i shall what's that it's not actually the word i was going to be knighted I, yeah but when you when they actually when the king as we should now say wallops you on the shoulders with a sword there's a word for that i can't remember what it is it's not not knighting you it's, there's actually a word for that thing that they do with the sword Oh, Having never oh. been knighted, I wouldn't know. There's okay. still time. There's still time. So Stamford Chidge of Chelsea. That I'd sell for that. I'd sell for that. Very much. Well, yeah. There you go, mate. We've been waffling on. I mean, we just talked about absolutely fuck all for ten minutes. How genius of us! It's brilliant. I really quite enjoyed that. Actually, having a bit of nonsense to talk about. Brilliant. We've enjoyed this, as you can probably tell. I hope you have too. Uh, now, J.K. and myself, and either Tony Glover or Dan Silver. Uh, because Martin can't make Monday. Uh, we'll be back on Monday for the main Chelsea Fancast show at 7 o'clock, of course. And we will be looking back at the match against Brighton and we'll be looking ahead to the match against uh, Dinamo Zagreb on Wednesday evening. So do join us then on Mixler and everywhere else. Uh, JK, absolutely fabulous to see you tonight, as always. Hugely enjoyable, as always. Mm. Well. Enjoy your trip to Brighton tomorrow. I will. I'm, yes, I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping it'll be joyous. Yeah, you letting the train take the strain? No, nope, I'm going in the car with my mate. Lovely. Who, who's your mate that you're taking? My mate. That's Tim Langton. Ah, is he? Is he from Newcastle? No, nope, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I just wondered. <laughs> but anyway, you you would. <laughs> <laughs> he's from Chiswick of course well I hope you and Tim have a safe journey down there Mark uh, it's been absolutely brilliant to see you as always it is and uh, how are you you getting the, getting the train or are you driving down letting the train take the strain um, but unfortunately as I said earlier there's no trains of Victoria tomorrow so I've got to hack it over to London Bridge and get the train over from London Bridge what a nightmare well you, you have a great journey down there too you go, are you going with anybody uh, I'd, I'd be meeting up with Mr. Beard, um, a guy called Mark Killick and a guy called Ashley Rolfe. And I think from what Mr. Beard says, you know, we might even have a special guest joining us who might be coming along to the Pat Nevin thing as well. Ah, and yes, I've put him, I've had, I've had uh, discourse with, with him. Uh, yes. you, you've been exchanging emails uh, I saw when I got yeah. back from Salzburg. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm going to the yeah. gig on the 19th and uh, I'm taking Stu, Stu Norman. Fantastic. A fan cast yeah. original. And he, he loves he loves yeah. said band. So yeah, good, well good. done. Yeah. Excellent. Well, if you do, say hello to him for me. And both of I you enjoy the game. As I said, I should yeah. be struggling to get a dodgy uh, internet stream at about three o'clock. But never, nevertheless, I will enjoy it too. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chelsea. Yeah, the chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. Hey, blue boy, yeah.
It's more like it getting up the field. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.